There might be a genetic reason why some people find it difficult to go meatless. They don't have the right genes. Researchers published in the journal Plus One said they've identified three genes that predispose people to vegetarianism. This is Pulse Check. I'm Kelly Hooper. The Drug Enforcement Administration will allow all patients to be prescribed controlled substances, such as Adderall to treat attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, Oxycontin for pain relief, and Buprenorphine for opioid use disorder, via telemedicine through the end of next year. The agency, which is considering requiring patients to visit with doctors in person to safeguard against overprescribing, said it plans to issue new rules by fall 2024. Lawyers from a coalition of transgender rights groups are asking a federal judge to enforce his June court order that temporarily banned Florida from denying Medicaid coverage of gender-affirming treatments. The advocacy groups argue that the State Agency for Healthcare Administration issued at least $25,000 in fines to five Medicaid providers and denied coverage for beneficiaries two months after the judge ordered the preliminary injunction. And hospitals are opposing legislation that could cut billions from their revenues, including banning facility fees charged by hospital-owned clinics and expanding site-neutral payment reforms. Politico reporter Megan R. Wilson is here to break down the key bills. Thanks so much for having me. So Congress has been focused this year on trying to make healthcare more affordable for Americans. And you have a recent story that talks about some of movements that are centered on hospitals. Can you walk me through some of those? So hospitals aren't alone. Congress has been looking at pharmacy benefit managers, insurers, but some of the policies that have been moving through Congress could cost hospitals billions of dollars. So they are pushing back pretty hard. One of the most pivotal policies is something called site-neutral payments, which just makes sure that services are billed at the same rate regardless of where they're performed. So if you have a hospital outpatient department and you do like a steroid shot, that's paid at the rate that Medicare pays doctors and not necessarily the higher rate that it pays hospital because it's just a simple service. Congress is also taking on what's called facility fees, which is something that hospital-owned doctor's offices will tack on to patients' bills, and those can range from hundreds to thousands of dollars. They are designed to sort of help offset the overhead for hospitals, but advocates pushing against them and some of the lawmakers that are pushing against them, including Bernie Sanders, say that they're superfluous and arbitrary, so trying to end those as well. What's interesting is that hospitals have historically had a lot of influence up on the Hill, but it seems like a lot of these proposals are moving forward might be a dent in their armor. Is that correct? Yeah. You know, some of the people I talked to said that, listen, hospitals have stopped certain policies moving forward that could have cost them in the hundreds of billions of dollars. And the ones that are moving forward now are about four billion, six billion. So even though it's a lot of money, it's a lot less consequential than it was. But hospitals are still major employers in pretty much every state. Every congressional district has an office in it. So they're still able to leverage a lot of power. That being said, the fact that some of these things are still moving forward and could end up in a year-end package says a lot also. What do hospitals say about it? Hospitals argue that these cuts would hurt access to care and could even lead hospitals to close. The higher reimbursement amounts are needed, they say, because outpatient departments treat more complex patients and they also have to comply with more intense regulations than a normal doctor's office. 
I'd imagine some of the people they're up against might have a lot of power also. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, who's on the opposite side of this? It's a diverse group of folks who are lobbying for some of these policies, including insurance companies, employer groups, patient groups. And one of the things that has some hospital lobbyists privately worried is that some of the groups that helped shape the conversation around drug pricing reform and sort of helped the Inflation Reduction Act happen are now setting their sights on hospitals, including Arnold Ventures, which is an organization backed by billionaire money. So they've got deep pockets. The hospital industry, which is also spends millions of dollars a year to lobby and have advertisements all over television, they're kind of up against some strong opposition here. So what's your prognosis on all of this then? Who's going to come out on top here? I think that although we have about three months until the end of the year package, that's still a lot of time for lobbyists on either side to really, really make their case to lawmakers. And one of the things that folks kept pointing out to me was some of this just depends on how much money lawmakers really want to try and save. And one hospital lobbyist was really blunt about it and was like, is it worth angering all of these hospitals over $4 billion? $4 billion is a lot, but in the scope of a government spending bill, it's kind of a drop in the bucket. So that's sort of the equation and the calculus that policymakers on the Hill are going to have to evaluate. And what are hospital lobbyists doing to try and stop these bills from being included in a year-end package? The activity started not even before any of these bills were being introduced, but when the policies were just being discussed at the very beginning of the year. So it's been television ads, ads on the internet, constant fly-ins from local hospital executives since earlier this year. And we just expect that sort of blitz to sort of continue and all these lobbyists up on Capitol Hill. Well, I guess we'll see how it all plays out. Thanks so much for walking us through this and thanks for being here today. Thanks so much. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Kelly Hooper. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 